0: Hello Horse Industry Podcast listeners, this is Regina. Early in February of 2022, Christy Doyle, a lifelong horsewoman and APHA exhibitor, experienced the nightmare that we all fear, a barn fire. March 28th through March 31st, her friends will be hosting a Facebook auction to help her rebuild her barn and her horse life. Please search Facebook for Auction for Christy Doyle Barn Rebuild. Here is her story. Christy, thank you for being with me today. You have survived probably something that we all fear every day. But before we get to your loss and what you've what you've been through, first, Christy, tell us about tell us about you. Tell us about how you got started in horses, what you've done with horses through the years. Introduce yourself.
1: Okay, well, my name is Christy Doyle and I live in Ellsworth, Illinois, small town right in central Illinois. I was um, born and raised here on a family farm. And basically, I've had horses my entire life. My mom always had horses, and I grew up just kind of riding. Started in 4 H as soon as I was old enough and never really had a fancy show horse. I got a four year old gilding when I was. 13, I think, and he was just broke to ride, didn't know anything, but I started working with him and we started showing and did a little bit of everything and did really, really well. Competed, like I said, 4-H mostly, did it up at the state level, won some state championships. And then my senior year of high school, I decided I was tired of showing just a plain bay quarter horse and I wanted something with some color and some flash.
0: A little bit so of chrome, I, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I started looking for a paint horse and I wanted something young to start over with and train myself. So I found a real loud red roan overo gilding that was a two year old. And I just started over with him, trained him up, and we did really well together. And then After I aged out of 4-H, I went to my first paint show, American Paint Horse Association show, and really enjoyed it. And I was kind of at the end of my journey with that gilding. I'd brought him as far as he could go. We did fairly well at our first APHA show, and I sold him and bought another gilding who had won some futurities as a young horse. He was six and had just been standing for quite a while. And then I started in the Novice Amateur, and we won the Illinois Paint Horse Association all around our first year out. Went to the World Pinto World Show and won a couple world championships with him, and then I sold him at the World Show and started over again with my next one. I I decided that I really enjoyed bringing along the young ones, so I had bought a cute little Bay Tobiano filly out of a ranch in South Dakota. Brought her home and started her again as a two-year-old. And that was my very well-known Dixie Norfleet McHugh.
0: That was paid Dixie.
1: $100 for her off of a ranch in South Dakota as a coming two-year-old.
0: Yeah. Not she, even helped broke. she accomplished quite a bit in her yes. life. Yes.
1: Yes. We started showing and she ended up earning over 2,800 APHA points. She had superiors in just about every event possible. She loved the all-around. She could jump. She drove. We won a Pinto World Championship in driving. She was phenomenal at the speed classes. You could run barrels and poles on her and come right back and do a Western pleasure class immediately following barrels.
0: That's awesome. That does make a true all-arounder, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That they can yeah make those transitions like that.
1: Yep. And she just was absolutely worth her weight in gold. You could put any kid on her and she would just absolutely babysit them and take the best care of them. So Dixie taught many, many people how to ride or gave many people their very first ride.
0: Sure. You know, Christy, I've seen you at Gordyville ride your horses. You're a hard worker. I've watched you prepare and show and you are a very hard worker. And so I, I give you a ton of credit for that.
1: Yeah, I've just kind of done it all myself since then. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed bringing along the babies. So mm-hmm. um, with Dixie, I decided that I was not going to sell her, that I was going to breed her and mm-hmm. just keep raising my own babies. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I got two fillies out of Dixie. I showed the first one and then I sold her and she went on. She went with a youth in Michigan for quite a while. think she was up there for about five years and then when she came up for sale someone else in Illinois bought her and she came right back to my barn
0: oh that's neat Uh, well that's I mean that you have there's a legacy there I mean Dixie certainly has a legacy
1: yep Dixie started that there's not many people at least in the Midwest and APHA that don't know who Dixie was
0: oh well Christy Tell us about, tell us about that day. Tell us, tell us about the fire, what, what you can share. I know this is a very difficult topic and I'm sure the healing is not quite, quite done. And I'm not sure if you can ever totally heal from something like that.
1: It was, well, we'd had a blizzard earlier that week on Wednesday of that week Mm -hmm. and the horses had been inside because of that. and It had also gotten bitterly cold, but That Saturday, it was nice out. It was cold, but it was sunny and the wind Mm -hmm. wasn't blowing. So I put the show horses and babies that had been in the indoor all week. I put them outside to play in the snow. And I actually have quite a bit of video that I haven't even been able to really watch since then.
0: I bet.
1: Took some video of them playing in the snow. And they were just having a good old time that afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I went into town to pick up some things came back because we were supposed to have below zero wind chills that night. The wind was picking up quite strong. So I did chores early, got them all inside since as soon as it got dark, about five, the temperature was really, really dropping and getting cold.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I, my husband and I had gone out to the barn. It was a Saturday. So you know, we didn't have to work. We had taken our time through the day. We'd got stalls cleaned and chores done. And, I'd already had all the hay bags filled and hung in stalls. So we got everybody in earlier than we normally do and had them all tucked away in their stalls. And I went to the house about eight o'clock, I think. And I even commented that this is early for us because I'm Mm -hmm. always in the barn until 10, 11, 12, even after midnight when it's nice out. Sure. And I was just kind of sitting on the couch watching the Olympics and I was going to go back out around 1030 to shut off lights and feed beet pulp because they love their beet pulp hot Mm -hmm. at night. Yeah. So I had just started the hot water in the kitchen and was getting the beet pulp on to soak. And I had smelled something. The furnace had kicked on in the house and we'd had problems with the furnace earlier in the week. My husband found a wire that was bad and could fix that. So when the furnace kicked on, the lights flickered a little bit and then it smelled funny. Mm-hmm. He had already gone to bed. So I went upstairs and woke him up, said, do you need to go down to the basement and check the furnace? Because I think something's off. Mm-hmm. And I came back downstairs. And about then I see a guy standing on the front porch, waving his arms at me. And I just knew I, mm. I opened the front door and he said the building on back in back is on fire so i just (laughs) slammed the front door and i ran out because my coat and coveralls and everything were by the back door Mm -hmm. i just grabbed everything as i was sprinting out the door and at that point it was only right in the tack room which is Mm -hmm. where the fire started Mm -hmm. you could see the center of the barn was glowing orange there weren't flames shooting out or anything at that point but most of our access doors are right there in the center of the barn Mm-hmm. Where the tack room is, there's two large sliding doors and then two other smaller doors. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I couldn't get in the barn that way. Mm-hmm. So I ran to the far west end of the, the stall wing of the barn and luckily was able to get that door slid open, even with the wind, probably from the adrenaline. hmm. And I just was met with a wall of smoke. The Mm. smoke was horrific. But again, no flames were visible. It was just the suffocating smoke. And I could hear the horses choking on the smoke. Mm. And I I just, you know, they say, get down low. So Mm -hmm. I was literally on my hands and knees and my belly crawling to try to get under the smoke. And I Mm. didn't get more than 10 feet. And I just. I was dizzy. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I, I got to get out of here. So I ran back out and I ran over to my truck, which was sitting in front of the barn and grabbed some masks. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe something to help filter. And I put those on and ran back. And by then my husband had come out and he was trying as well to get, because the first Four stalls were empty from the west end. Those four horses were in the arena, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had to get at least twenty feet in the barn to get to, well, thirty feet to get to the first stall, right? That actually had a horse in it, mm-hmm. and tried again. And by this point, the smoke was just awful because, again, that the wind was blowing out of the south from about thirty mile an hour. And it just tunneled that smoke right down the aisleway. as soon as I opened the west end door. Right. That wind just made it tunnel right through. Well, mm-hmm. as it did that, then because the, the flames were to the east end in the center, it just apparently made those flames just spread down the aisle super fast. Yeah. So within three minutes from when I opened the door and there were no flames visible, there were flames just shooting out of the end of the aisle and there was absolutely nothing I could do, but scream and watch.
0: Yeah. Oh, Christy, you know, it's, it's, it is truly, truly everyone's worst nightmare. And I know that in a situation like that, it's just, everything happens so, so very quickly. And all of our hearts go out to you. Those of us that read your story and saw the pictures Tell us about, tell us about Milo. You have, there is a silver lining. Milo survived, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, and how, how I is said, he doing?
1: He's doing wonderful. He's back to his normal Henri self. And, Good. Good. But yeah, as I said, I'd put four of the gildings in the arena because they'd been in stalls all day while the others were outside. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the four well, Milo's a show horse, but the other three are not. They were retired horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're messy boys in their stalls. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to put them in the arena for a little while so they can play, and then I'll bring them in when I go back out to shut off lights and sure and feed people. Yes. So I had done that. Well, the roof had collapsed over the arena, so we didn't even know to go check for those horses. Sure. I thought, The whole building was engulfed and the hay was in the arena barn area. Mm -hmm. So, And I had just gotten six ton of hay that week. So all of that new hay was burning as well. So anyway, we, we didn't know until it was six hours later that I got a call from the firefighters. I'd already left the property. I'd gone back to my mom's to take a shower because I'd had so much smoke inhalation that... My chest just really hurt. I was having problems breathing. I'd already been assessed in the ambulance and had a breathing treatment. So I'm like, I, my biggest problem was my clothes were just so saturated and smoke that I was constantly breathing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd gone back to my mom's to take a shower and change clothes. And the fire chief called me and he's like, the four horses in the arena are alive. We just found oh. them. So, and again, it's, it's pitch black. Three of the four are black horses. So it was just impossible to see them there. Sure. Because the smoke was so thick and it was dark. And
0: Is this Shadow, Mojo, and Crow? Yes. Okay. And Milo.
1: Those yep, were the four.
0: And Milo. Okay.
1: So it took us a while to figure out how to get them out. Because like I said, the roof was collapsed and then there's just burned walls around them. Mm -hmm. And they were in the, the far northeast corner of the arena. So one of the firefighters had brought a skid steer over to spread out the hay that was burning to help that go out faster. And he cleared a path so that we could get the horses out. And we just hooked up two trailers. And I had called Lorna Wyrick. She and Jerry were in Florida. She only lives a couple miles from me. And they were in Florida, and I just explained at like four o'clock in the morning what was going on. I said, "Can I bring these four horses to your house because I've got to get them out of the smoke? I've got to
0: mm-hmm.
1: have light to be able to assess them." Yes. And she said, "Absolutely." So we loaded the four up and took them over there. And Shadow Shadow definitely was the worst off. His breathing was extremely labored, and he just he really didn't want to move. He he was struggling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. I had called his owner, Rachel. She's a student at U of I. And I said, I think we need to bring him down there. I said, I I think you need to tell him goodbye. Yeah. So the other two guildings, Crow and Mojo, they also had labored breathing, but they weren't quite as bad. They got progressively worse as the morning went on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then, and they, all three of those were, had some burns on their back and their top line. Like mm-hmm. Milo, we could not find any burns on him at all. He had some singed hair on his back, mm-hmm. but nothing that was down to the skin. And his breathing was not nearly as labored. He would cough occasionally, but he was still mostly his normal self. He was kind of wanting to play with us and he would go over and eat hay. He drank water and played in the bucket of water. He ate, I took hot beet pulp out to all of them to hoping that maybe that warm, soft food would help soothe their throats. And he's the only one that would eat. Right. So we decided that he should go to U of I as well, just to be really checked over and monitored closely. So we ended up taking him and shadow down and I spent the morning there with them and mm-hmm. they assessed him and they said, you know, he, he did seem to be doing fairly well, but things could change. So they kept him for a couple days. I think he was there from Sunday morning to Thursday and he was on antibiotics. We did just preventative antibiotics. And within two days, they said he was trying to break out of a stall like he normally does. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Visiting with all the students and he loved getting his grooming and <sighs> playing in his water bucket every day
0: good for Milo. so you know, Christy on February 17th on your Facebook page, you posted an amazing tribute to the horses that you lost. And obviously I, I don't want to have you have to go through that. And it's any of us can go and, and read about each one and each one is so special. Of course, Milo isn't on that list. Thank goodness. Tell us a little bit about Milo. How old is he? What are your plans for him for the future? Well, Milo's
1: Actually owned by one of my boarders grace Stevens i did I bought Milo when he was three months old um, from a breeder in Ohio and I brought him home. he was going to be my my next solid, but he just he wasn't going to get quite as big as I wanted, and he was later maturing and when Grace and her family moved in, they lived just a mile north of me, she wanted a horse and I said you know i've got this perfect gilding that he needs a kid of his own Mm -hmm. who will love on him. And they hit it off immediately and they just have the best bond. So she, he loves her. She loves him. They're very happy to have each other. She bought him, I guess it's been about three years ago now and she shows him and does really well. And now he's,
0: he's a little bit of a miracle horse.
1: Yep. We call him miracle Milo now.
0: Yeah. What a sweetie. Christy, tell us about your future, what, how, you know, obviously you've been through this horrible traumatic experience. We've, we can all imagine the grief, the journey that you've been on and it's, and it hasn't been that long and the journey is going to continue. But as you look forward, what, what are your plans? What are you looking forward to doing? How are you, how are you going to move forward? Well,
1: really, the only way I've been able to get through this is because we're all doing it together. All, mm-hmm. you know, my mom and I and the boarders, Dawn Conlon, Lauren Butters, Grace Stevens, Rachel Lawrence. I mean, we're all just leaning on each other, supporting each other.
0: It's a barn it's not family. not something
1: we need to do alone. Yeah, it's a yeah. barn family. through and through.
0: Yes, for sure. So Day by day.
1: As as, yep, day by day. And as far as going forward at first i wasn't sure what i wanted to do and we we got some offers for mares to lease to breed to start over um you know horses to ride mm-hmm. so that helped to you know give some hope immediately i also had a four year old Gilding who was not at the barn at the time he was with julie tenhouse for training
0: he'd mm-hmm. only been
1: there for two weeks first time and I don't know, 15 years I've sent a horse to training. And wow. that was just because I'd been so busy with work. I'd been working a lot of overtime and not had time to really get him ready for show season this year. So, yeah, that was a blessing that yes. at least I still have one horse. Yeah. So just been spending a lot of weekends going over and riding him. I'm Good. actually on my way there now to ride him this weekend. Good. And we're all just kind of starting to look for a new horse,
0: Lauren already
1: purchased a two-year-old for us to play with, and kind of something to to give us a little bit of hope. Yes. And then I've been I've been searching for a baby to kind of start over a filly to show and then breed and kind of be the foundation of a new breeding program.
0: Yeah. Good it is encouraging for everyone to hear the positivity and to know that you are looking forward. There is a benefit auction that's coming up. And when this episode airs, it's going to have started um, Monday through Wednesday. So March 28th, is it the 28th through the 30th? 31st.
1: 31st. It's Monday through
0: Thursday. It's Monday through Thursday. Okay. This benefit auction, what are, wow. How, how, What an amazing horse community we have.
1: Yes. We have gotten so much support. I had, in the days that followed the fire, I had hundreds and hundreds of messages from people all over the country and even the world, just messages of support, and you have no idea how much that helped.
0: I bet. Your auction, that's going to help you continue to rebuild. People can find the information on the items on Facebook? Is that where the... Okay. Tell us, a, do you have any information that you can share about the auction?
1: It'll be an online auction run by uh, a Facebook page that has all the items listed, and then the the auction will go live on Monday. But we've had lots of items donated. There's like a five hundred dollar gift certificate from Kevin Garcia. There's different tack. There's some training that's been donated. Stud fees. Just lots of lots of wonderful items back on track, donated $5,000 worth of products. chicks is donated. Gun X is donated. Gosh, there's so many, so many. Wonderful donations. Yes. So it
0: looks like if someone goes on Facebook, they can search for auction for Christie Doyle barn rebuild. Is that the, is that what that is? Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay perfect. Awesome. And I, also, so,
1: I shared it on my Facebook page. That's public. So people can go look there and, Find the
0: link. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, I will certainly encourage everyone that I know to get on there and participate in the auction. So, Christy, as we wrap this up, you know, you've the bravery that you have shown before, during, and after this is, is so inspiring considering what you've faced and what you've been through. And we all carry your loss with us, those of us who don't know you as well. Those of us who know you very well, we can relate and we are truly, truly sorry. And we are all cheering for you. We're going to watch you rebuild. We're going to watch your future successes and your, you and your, your barn family are in our thoughts and our prayers every single day.
1: Thank you. We appreciate that.